Everyday Saints Project, Episode 002, Part 2. I'm Sean Hornsby, and you're listening to a podcast created to encourage other believers to develop and tell their story of life and faith. Hey, if you already heard Part 1 of this with Alberto Sandino, you're right on track. You definitely want to hear this part about how he winds up in Nicaragua, how he is uh, serving and loving there, and what God has revealed to him along the way. And now, if you didn't hear part one, then I gave you a little bit of a spoiler there. That's okay. Go back and listen to it first. It makes so much more sense and it just puts things in context. Alberto's a great guy. I can't emphasize that enough. And at the time of this release, he's actually, uh, not the time of recording, but the time of release, he's actually on his way back to Nicaragua. And so we're praying for him actively. And I hope that as you listen to this, you will take a few moments to be in prayer for him and his family, and of course with them for the people in Nicaragua. Uh, Here now, this uh, conclusion to part two of episode two, it's uh, Alberto Sandino, and we thank you for listening to Everyday Saints Project. You can walk back into Mm -hmm. that thought, it's Alberto Sandino, uh, Everyday Saints, this is like our third take yeah (laughs) which is cool and and you were just talking about god using that time of of preparation preparation that's right to uh, let us have experiences here in the states in ministry uh, maturing you know with age and um, it was about a 15-year process from 2001 to 2016 when we moved to uh, the mission field in Nicaragua, September the 5th of 2016 was Labor Day. But 2014 in October is when I really felt the Lord uh, calling us and said, felt like he was saying it's time to move. It's time to take that step of faith. And um, it was undeniable, unquestionable, the call was. Uh, it did make sense at the time. Our son was five months old. Um, I had a career op career opportunities to uh, marry my uh, leadership experience, my uh, supervision experience in uh, the banking industry with my uh, education experience and pursue uh, another uh, degree or certification. So I was in the process of uh, educational leadership certification with the goal of of being a, a maybe assistant principal at a school somewhere. And um, everything was going great. You know, I was taking the classes, and uh, and um, so things were going well in my career, secular career. Things were going well in uh, ministries. We were serving as youth pastors, and um, our family was going great. We just had our third child, and it just didn't make sense <laughs> to move to Nicaragua at that time. But... Uh, we felt that call, like I said, and it was undeniable. So my wife and I talked about it in October of 2014. And uh, just a couple of weeks after that, we booked plane tickets and um, took a trip in December of 2014 to Nicaragua. About a two-week trip. Came back and knew that we were going to be serving in some sort of capacity. We didn't know exactly where and when. Then we took a second trip in July of 2015, which was about seven months later. And uh, it was our vision trip. Uh, We went to Granada. I got to see the ministry. And uh, just God confirmed that that's where we were supposed to be. 
Then we went back again in December of 2015. So at that point, people began to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, you've gone to Nicaragua three times this year. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, shortly after that uh, trip, we put our house up for sale. Uh, that was at the beginning of 2016. Um, went through missionary orientation training uh, in February of 2016. Our home sold in June. Mm-hmm. Everything, it was just falling into place like only God could do it. Doors were opening. Doors were opening. Sold my vehicle, my truck, and then eventually sold my wife's van. Um, And then we had to borrow a vehicle for the last couple weeks that we were in town. And uh, so it was a, but it was a a process. It didn't happen overnight. Um, I began to hear the Lord saying to me, simplify simplify was just the the word i kept hearing over and over again and i didn't know what it meant at the time but what, what did you think it meant at first downsize i'm saying downsize my house uh you know we you thought it was more of a commentary yeah, on, on uh, uh oversized lifestyle yeah or something? you okay. know storing yeah. up treasures in heaven and not yeah. on earth you know and uh you know it's uh i didn't i didn't intend to to accumulate possessions but it just happens over time and i looked around and i owned three vehicles just for myself and then my wife had a vehicle and and i just looked around and uh for me god was saying simplify and so we began to sell off possessions and prepare even before we really knew uh we were going to be moving you know and uh right before my son was born so uh that was preparing us for our move to the field uh, eventually. So you you told me in our previous conversations about a moment in worship. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and for me, that that uh, I've not I've not had an experience like that. Yeah. Um, if God ever so decides to lead me in that direction, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But tell us about that experience because. Uh, for some people, it seems unimaginable, but for others, they're going to be like, "Oh, I, I've been there." Yeah. So, yeah. So, how did God? How did God speak to you that day, and and how did that fold into this this fifteen year process? That's right. Sixteen year process. Yeah, fifteen. Years. Fifteen years. Yeah. How did? How so did that all um, Sunday morning, as in uh, service at our church, our pastor's wrapping up his sermon, and um, just felt the Lord speaking to me, saying. It's time to move to Nicaragua. And that was it. It was simple as that. It's time to move to Nicaragua. But I just felt it really strong, really, really strong. And where was that? Where was that? Uh, in West Monroe. No, no, was, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, where was that in the timeline? As oh, as? that was in October of 2014. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I heard the Lord speaking to me. I, I felt in my heart that he was saying that. And... I'll be honest with you. I was scared to death. Like I, <laughs> I was been fear, too. Yeah, I, fear came over me, and I said, "It doesn't make sense." Um, my son's five months old. I'm pursuing a degree in, in leadership. Uh, we love what we're doing here at the church. I love my job at the school. My wife is happy in her job, and so I took my pen and I wrote it down in our bulletin, our church bulletin, just from my personal notes. I wrote it down, uh, 
and I folded my bulletin and I put it in my back pocket of my pants and I said, I'm not going to show anybody this. Um, and I just, I took it home and I think it, a lot of people have a junk drawer. Or some people do. I have one. And I put it in the junk drawer and I said, I'll look at that later. Hmm. And I was at work, uh, probably a few weeks later and my wife sent me a text message. We had not talked about Nicaragua in some time. And she said, you know what? I've been thinking about Nicaragua again. <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing. If I'm not going to take action on my own, you're going to speak to my wife. And now she's in agreement. And so we began that conversation. And we knew without a doubt God's calling us yeah. to Nicaragua. So it was a, it was really neat, scary, but really neat and beautiful at the same time. you know. And it's scary because... You're having to trust. Oh yeah, in, in a lot of things that are unseen or unknown, yeah. unproven. Yeah, and we we started the process. Like I said, uh, selling everything. We kept nothing. We sold our home. We sold our vehicles. We resigned our our positions for uh, washed up our school system. Um, loved our jobs. Great jobs. Uh, resigned our ministry position. Of course, you know we remained on staff as missionaries through our church, but different capacity and sure taking a a step of faith a leap of faith and um man looking back uh god has just done exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask for imagine just like kind of like paul says in ephesians three twenty. uh sure we've been through some personal pain and and difficulties i'm saying that's to be expected when you're in a ministry or when you're in life as a whole. And uh, there have been bumps in the road, but if I were to be asked would I do it over again, I would say yes in a heartbeat, uh, without a doubt. So we're we're looking forward to going back. Yeah, I, it, it's an amazing, you know, just a turn of circumstances and and events, and, and you said yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people out there running, Hiding, trying to hide from God, yeah. and, and resisting, <laughs> yeah. and and there was um, there was peace. There in was, saying yes, huh? There was, you know, um, I saw what happened to Jonah, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. No, You're more I'm, into I'm, catching fish <laughs> instead of being caught by him. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So no, I just it was um, it was undeniable. Okay. I saw what he did in me and. The other thing that I really felt God was saying was uh, I brought you out of Nicaragua and I let you come to the States and all this that I let you experience is not for you to keep. You have to go back. You know, I was reading a story the other day when uh, Jesus uh, was with his disciples in the boat and the storm is raging and he's sleeping on the pillar. And they're screaming, Jesus, where are you? You know, and yes. he wakes up and he calms the storm and he just kind of scolds them for their little faith, you know. And then I always love to keep stories in context, you know. And they were, he had said to them, we're going to the other side as they were getting into the boat. And so they, they, they should have known, you know, they were going to make it to the other side. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. If Jesus said it, it's going to happen. But they questioned him in the middle of the storm. They they maybe forgot about what he had said. They they took their 
uh, eyes off of Jesus. They forgot. They looked around all of a sudden at their circumstances, and they forgot that he said we're going to the other side. And so, but I, like I said, I like to keep stories in context. So I see what happens when they make it to the other side, and there was a demon-possessed man who was in a cemetery, cemetery, and he uh, had been chained and like iron uh, shackles on his feet, and he was breaking them because he was demon-possessed. Jesus prays for him. He's set free, and he says, can I go with you guys in, in the boat? <laughs> and I could just imagine the disciples going, Jesus, no. <laughs> uh, Whatever you do, don't let this guy get in the boat. Full, full boat. Full yeah, boat. We we, full I'm boat sorry, man. Sorry, yeah. We got the boat is full. You know, no more seats left. <laughs> but, of course, obviously, he, he, he was a completely different person. But Jesus says something to him. He says, go back. To where you came from yeah. and tell everybody what I did for you. Wow. And it's in red letters. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, we can read the Bible over and over and over again. But the beautiful thing about scripture is that it's alive every time we read it. Yeah. And so those those letters just jumped, just leapt off the page from me. And God says, You know what I told you? Go back and tell everybody what I did for you. Oh man, that that's so powerful because and so, the, the, and I don't want to, I don't want to take you away from your thought. I, I just want to say though, that the reason this project uh, was important to me was because I think, and I've said this before is the church is, is mute. God is healed. God is delivered. God, God has, has has uh, edified us, lifted us up. God's done so many wonderful things, and yet we remain mute. As individuals and as a community, uh, we've, we've either surrendered or, or lost or forgotten how to tell the story. And so um, you you saying that right there, that, that God didn't give you all these things so that you would just have a cushy life. Yeah. So that you could hang out. I mean, yeah, he wants you to raise your family. Sure. He wants you to 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 know uh, the 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 joy of of being in a, a marriage and sharing mm-hmm. grace and receiving grace and you know that that comes from that partnership. Your education, you know, deliverance from from your addictions and all yeah. those things. But it wasn't just so that you could have that experience. It was so that you could glorify the kingdom of God. And, yeah, absolutely. And and you you're oh, it you phrased that so perfectly because he wants us to tell our story. And there's a lot of people I, I hope, I pray yeah. that will listen to this and realize their story doesn't have to be, uh, you know, extravagant. Mm-hmm. Their, their story just needs to be their own story. That's it needs right. to be genuine. Absolutely. And it needs to be what God has done in their life. Simple, complicated, yeah. uh, somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be their story and yeah, they need absolutely. to tell it faithfully. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. I want to read if it's okay. Just read, real read quick it. out of Mark chapter five. Verses and I knew you and I knew you were talking about Mark. Yeah, is this yeah, the story? Yeah, Mark. Because because Jesus in 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 Mark's account of that has got a little more bite to it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you guys, get with yeah. it. You oh know, yeah, go yeah. Go ahead. And so, um, in Mark chapter five, uh, verses um, eighteen through twenty, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had has had mercy on you. 
So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. And so that right there gives us an example, you know, how we're to share what he has done for us, how we're to share our testimony and how it can help other people. It says he went to the Decapolis, a region of, of 10 different cities. Right. And it says all the people were amazed. Didn't say some of the people. Didn't say one person. It's all the people were amazed. So this amazing encounter that he, this man, uh, had, uh, Jesus restored this demon possessed man, and he was very grateful, very thankful, and what he did in return was to go and share, and that's what God has done. Yes, has uh, asked us to do, love God and love others, and one way that we can demonstrate our love for God and our love for others is by sharing. Uh, with others, what he's done for us. Fantastic. Yeah. I, absolutely. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right on. I mean, that, that's what we're, yeah. that's what this is about is, yeah. and, and it's the simplicity of, of just being open to what God has done in your life and, and, and willing to, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I was talking to another um, friend who's helping me with this project and, he was just saying that you know he's able to talk about his story because he realized thanks to the the, the blood of Jesus Christ, he's not held responsible for those those the person he was. Absolutely. I mean, he's been forgiven. And, Absolutely. And so he can talk about that old person. Oh yeah. Because he realized that's not who he is anymore. Yeah. He's a new creation in Christ. Yeah. And so yeah, right on. So tell that story. You know, right? I want to encourage anybody that might be listening and saying you know uh, that's a really neat story but my story is nothing like that it, your story doesn't have to be the same as mine that's right have your own story and regardless of what your background is or whether you grew up in the church and the faith uh or not um you have a powerful story every person has a powerful story that they can share and so i would encourage you no matter what your story is share that because somebody out there can relate to your story it can have a great impact, and uh, we don't know uh, what the fruit will be, but we we know that we're to sow those seeds. We we know that we're to go scatter those seeds and let the Lord water them, and let other people come alongside and and uh, pour into that person. So we never know uh, what God's going to do in somebody's life. And I think that's the daunting part is um, we are afraid to do something and it be seen as a failure. Absolutely, yeah. And the truth is just by telling our story, we're succeeding. Yeah. Because we're being faithful to God. Yes. And and so, yeah, right on. That's that's perfect. Uh, I, I want you to share a little bit about your ministry, if mm-hmm. you don't mind, sure. in, in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's going to change some yes. but as you yeah. go back mm-hmm. because I want folks, uh, and if there's ways that people can follow you, I don't know, maybe on social sure. media, social media. Uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, you can share that with people, and, and I will, I'll be mm-hmm. glad to share that as well when, mm-hmm. I, when I post some things. Sure. But I, I, want, uh, I want you to share a little bit about your ministry there and, and how God has... Um, opens you know even as things have changed how god's opened the door for you to um you know to to reach into the lives of these pastors and and the people and that kind of thing even even more than you expected you could have before see i love the way that the lord has worked specifically in my life he's seems to have a pattern looking back that i 
many times was um, began working at a certain job or position, and it was like an entry level position. And as time went by, uh, he's given me greater opportunities. It's scripture, uh, biblical. Um, you know, if you're faithful with little, he'll entrust you with much. I've heard that <laughs> <laughs> just a couple times. Yeah. And to God be the glory. It's nothing but his favor and his grace. I'm a nobody. Uh, it's all him. And, and, uh, what's happened in my previous careers, whether it being in the banking institution, I experienced that or in my education career, I experienced that. Uh, the same thing has happened in ministry. Uh, I've just seen the Lord just move in a mighty way and just open up doors. And so, uh, I had the, the pleasure, the uh, the great opportunity, uh, and the honor of pastoring a church in Granada, Nicaragua. Uh, never saw myself uh, being the senior pastor of that church, but uh, through some circumstances and uh, situations that arose, God allowed me to be the pastor for uh, a year at that church, and about a year, a little bit under a year. And through that experience, I was able to see firsthand what a Nicaraguan pastor goes through. Mm. Uh, I was able to see firsthand uh, what congregations go through, uh, what the needs are, um, and it, it, it was a like a, I like to say, ministry is br- brutal. <laughs> <laughs> brutal ministry yeah. is brutal, but it's beautiful at the same yeah, time. That's so you true. Know? And so, uh, a lot of people only want the beautiful side of ministry, but they're not willing to endure the brutal part of ministry. Uh, but during my time, I was able to see both parts of it and uh, really helped me to understand the needs of uh, congregations, helped me to understand the needs of uh, pastors in Nicaragua have. And so God has opened up some doors for us uh, now that we're going back where I was working with one church. Uh, now I'm going to be working with, uh, initially, as we go back, 30 and the doors have even opened up wider now to go to other parts of Nicaragua, not just around the Granada area where we are going to be initially, and just to partner with these uh, local pastors, uh, help equip them. A lot of these pastors are in really rural locations without access to formal training, and they're doing the best job that they can, but they're coming to us and they're saying, hey, I'd like to... uh, be a better steward of God's word. I'd like to help mm, my congregation yeah. more. Uh, and we want to come alongside those pastors and provide that formal training uh, to help them out. So there'll be some training to equip pastors uh, specifically for the pastors and the training for equipping leaders and discipleship training. So that's the the main role that I'll be serving in the capacity of, again, you know, through God's favor, uh, marrying my 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 ministry background and marrying my education background and god uh providing a way as only he could to for me to be in a in a teaching capacity teaching pastors and it's just i'm so excited about that opportunity to just be able to pour into pastors and leaders and just from my experience and through what god has done in my life so that'll be one of the things that we're doing the most important thing spiritually helping out Second thing is physically, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, over 400,000 people have lost their jobs in the last few months. 
just in Granada alone, 130 businesses have shut down. So uh, poverty, abject poverty has grown exponentially in a short period of time. And with that comes uh, malnutrition. Mm. So there are a lot of children who are going without meals, and we can't uh, sit by. I'm saying scripture says, you know, uh, don't, if you see that somebody has a physical need, don't just pray for them and say, okay, well, I pray that, that you'll be, that you'll have peace. It says do something about it. We're supposed to take action. You know, faith without works is dead. And so mm. God is calling us to take action. And so we're working with these pastors. And, uh, right now we have nine feeding programs, uh, with up to about 125 children at these programs where we're, uh, feeding, uh, children, sometimes three times a week, sometimes four times a week. But we're doing it through the local church. We're not, uh, we're not taking credit for it. Uh, we want to just come alongside these pastors. They know their congregations better. They know their communities better than we do. They know the needs better than we do. And so we just want to help these pastors uh, help take care of their congregations and their communities and, and do what God has called us to do in Scripture, uh, take care of those physical needs. So that's another second part of the uh, of what I'll be doing, and then the third part will be helping with construction projects. Mm-hmm. Um, churches maybe uh, have needs, and maybe they have a grass roof and a dirt floor, and they're trying to. Because you actually you actually led that kind of project in your local yeah, church, right? That's yeah, the church I was at that I was pastoring. We we had a grass roof and a, and a dirt floor, <laughs> and as I was meeting with my congregation, they said, "Can we?" Is there any way we could, you know, we're getting rained on during the rainy season and we're having to walk through mud in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's dangerous for some of the elderly. And then there's people in, who have physical disabilities who are in wheelchairs and pushing wheelchairs through mud. And uh, so God provided uh, through some very generous donations to, to, to put a uh, clay tile roof on the church and to now in this last few days just wrapped up the flooring project. So project similar to that where we go and and meet with the pastors in the area local pastors and they may need children's church classrooms or they may need a roof or uh things like that it's nothing nothing fancy you know uh but it's a it's a very very realistic need that that is there so certainly serves a purpose and makes all the difference so so and and this is being multiplied because you're working with Thirty churches initially in, yeah. in the Granada area, in, in the in and around Granada, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the region, region. Actually. But mm-hmm. that that has the potential to expand to other parts of the country as well. Uh, yes, uh, already uh, a little bit over a week ago, we were um, just a big blessing. Uh, the ministry that I'm working with, we hosted a youth conference. Mm-hmm. Twenty four local churches came together. Uh, Five hundred and sixty youth attended the conference and so there's a hunger yeah for the lord yeah. uh in nicaragua the praise uh, god the field is 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 ripe right now and and so it's a it's a difficult time uh, but it's a at the same time we know whenever we face difficulty god is there and he is our only hope i'm saying uh he's our only hope so, is our only hope. So go back, go back to teenage Alberto. Go mm-hmm. back to young college yeah. Alberto, who's who's messing up. Yeah. Is is there anything you tell yourself? I mean, because this is, if you look over the last what, twenty years, twenty years, absolutely. I'm 
42 and and I was 21 when I Okay. 21 years. <laughs> you never could have seen this. Never never could have seen this. Never could have seen this in a million years. Yeah. yeah. Uh he is exceeded everything I could have ever asked for or imagined. Never never would I have imagined my life right being what it is now. Does does any of that and obviously, I, I think just from a human standpoint, if any of us could could take away those parts of our story and just get it right from the beginning, that sounds good. <laughs> it, it sounds like the thing that we should do, right? Yeah. Go back and edit and delete and you know add some stuff in. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same story without it. That's right. I like to tell people. Kind of in a joking way. Yeah, I was developing my testimony. <laughs> you know? Right, right, yeah. I, I was, and I've heard that. Yeah, I was developing my testimony, and you know, I, that's what's so amazing about God. And as we read Scripture, we don't see the edited out versions. You know, we don't. When Ananias was called by the Lord to go pray for Saul, who was persecuting and killing Christians. And he heard the call, but then he questioned the call. And he said, Lord, wait a minute. Are we talking about the same guy? This is the guy that's been killing Christians. This is the guy that's been persecuting Christians. And you want me to go pray for him? Yeah. You know, so the the, the Bible, Scripture could be very neat. And, and that could have been edited out. We could have just read Ananias heard the Lord speak to him. And he immediately jumped up and went and prayed for Saul. And the scales fell off. And Or, you know. It, it and everyone lived happily ever after. And everybody yeah. <laughs> lived happily ever after, but he questioned, you know. And even greater than that, uh, it could have been left out that Saul was persecuting Christians. It, it could have been that, you know, we just read that the Lord called Saul and he answered the call. And, and now he's one of the greatest men other than Jesus who's had an impact on the Christian faith, you know. Yeah. But that's what I love about Scripture is that we see all of that. We see the ugly side of people's stories because we see grace that's the realness of their story and and uh you're right it's that Mm -hmm. grace that that makes the story Mm -hmm. worthwhile and and i think i could say this at every conversation i have on this on this idea of sharing what god has done in our lives is that um whether you spent more time developing your testimony (laughs) like you did yeah or or whether you grew up um the product of generations of faithfulness yeah and and you know and I and I've known some folks and you probably known known them as well. They were raised in the church, yeah, and they didn't know anything else other than loving God, sure. And and there was a moment where they had to make that decision for themselves and own their faith, as is one of the ways I like to try and say it. But there was never a big detour, yeah. That's a story, absolutely. That's a story of faithfulness, of generational faithfulness, absolutely. And that's an amazing, powerful, just yes. just like it is to take the scenic route, as the, you know, as, as you have done, yeah. Um, and so many others have done. It's still it's still just as impressive to hear about the the person who remembers gr- their grandparents and their and their parents all worshiping together. Absolutely. I, so yeah. so I, I I just like love. We, we can't discount what yeah, God no, has done because. No. He's doing it in in people's lives for their good and for the good of the kingdom. Yeah, you know, if we're if we're honest, we all have our struggles. Yeah, you know, we're all in need of a savior. I'm saying Romans tells us. Yes, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, you know Romans three twenty three. 
Even the ones who were raised. Even the ones yeah, who were raised. Absolutely. I'm saying he doesn't say some have fallen short. He said all have fallen right. short. So, um, you know, like we shared earlier, I believe in 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 our conversation, whatever your story is, share it. Yeah, share it. You know, don't be ashamed of your story. Whether whether you took the scenic route like me and you were <laughs> developing your t- testimony, so to speak, or whether you grew up in the church, but that relationship maybe wasn't really truly yours. Maybe it was your grandparents' relationship with the Lord or your parents' relationship with the Lord, but then eventually you made that decision to where you had a personal relationship with the Lord. Right. So share. Share your story. I just want to encourage you to 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 just hear what the Lord is telling you in your workplace, maybe in, in your job, in your school, in your in your neighborhood, wherever you go, don't be ashamed. Don't be Amen. afraid. That's right. You know? Uh, I just feel like we're strongly challenging some people. You know, he tells us if we're ashamed of him, <laughs> he's going to be ashamed of us in front of the Father. So we shouldn't be ashamed. And and I don't say that out of condemnation, but to challenge, take a step of faith. Right. Take that step of faith. We need the Lord now more than ever. <laughs> yes. And uh, so I just want to encourage somebody out there who maybe has been had some reservations or some fears, uh, step out and do it. You'll uh, you'll see God do some amazing things because of that step of obedience. That's so true. Thank you, Alberto. This has been a joy for me to hear more of the detail, more of the 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 awesomeness of God to just use um, use use somebody who's willing to be faithful yeah. uh, after after a long journey, but yeah. still, yeah, but still. And what yeah. what you said about. Um, you going through those things, and you and God giving you all that you've had, not for you, but so that you could share it. I think uh, that that is that's something that I, I'm I'm just struggling, with, mm-hmm. not struggling with, but I'm I'm wrestling with in the good way. I'm like, mm-hmm. God, what have you given me that I haven't shared yet? Yeah, so it's just kind of resonating with you. It, oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that is in uh, my spirit right now. Sure. So. Uh, thank you for your story, brother. Yeah, and, it's and been uh, great being able to just sit down with you, kind of hang out with you, and uh, share and uh, pray to God that this is uh, encourages at least one person out there. Absolutely, and I, I hope that my my prayer uh, is for your ministry, of course. But my prayer is that maybe in 2019 we can continue this conversation in Granada. That would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That huh? would be amazing. I want to come yeah. and and I'd love to sit down with you again. And, yeah. And hear uh, some of the story in in Granada. Sure. Yeah. This is this is your invitation. Yeah. You're invited. So the well, doors tell, are open. Just just tell everyone very quickly the name of the organization again and what they can do if mm-hmm. they want to get involved or, or maybe support or anything like sure. that. What, yeah. I got you here. Maybe mm-hmm. there's you know like like my mom's gonna listen. Sure. You know, mom's always listening. Right? <laughs> uh, no. No. Seriously. There's gonna be someone to listen to this. Sure. Who. Who, what do they need to do? So um, we're missionaries through Global Outreach International. They're based out of Tupelo, Mississippi. It's a well-established missions organization. It's been around for over 50 years with missionaries literally all over the world. And um, and, and they can go out to globaloutreach.org and type in our name, Alberto Sandino, uh, S-A-N-D-I-N-O, and and our page will will pop up, and they can look for us there, and 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 also can follow us on social media. I'm on Facebook, Alberto Sandino as well, and connect there or. 
connect through through the church office or uh, through you personally uh, to be able to and come I'll share, alongside and I'll us. share that information as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would be a, a great opportunity for uh, we need people to to come alongside what the Lord is doing and be co-laborers in what he's doing. It's not, we're not doing it. He's doing it. Yeah. We just get to be part of the journey. Right. And, uh, how amazing would that be for somebody to say, Hey, you know, uh, one day in, in heaven, somebody walks up to him and says, Hey, listen, because of what you sowed into that ministry, I made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. And so, uh, I think anytime we give an opportunity to, to answer that call in any capacity saying there's different ways that we can answer the call. Some people go, some people pray, some people give, uh, none of those people are more valuable than the other. They're all working together for God's kingdom to reach more, uh, more people. Uh, that's the way I've always looked at it. Just like I don't look at my, uh, position as a missionary to Nicaragua any more valuable than your position or when I was a high school Spanish teacher, right? Uh, the Lord has given us an area of influence, and we're to use that that area of influence that He's given us to share about Him, regardless of where we're at, whether it's at the church or not, or it could be in a community, in a school, in a place of employment, out on the street, wherever you are, wherever we are. So, uh, yeah, that would be amazing to have uh, people come alongside of us and, and be able to help more people. Well said. Well, brother, uh, thank you again. Blessings to you and your family this Thanksgiving. This is when we're recording. Uh, This will be released later in December. And and, uh, blessings to your ministry and the people of Nicaragua. Uh, I know God is doing great things through you and and with you, and we just uh, pray that those continue. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been such a blessing to just be able to kind of really reflect on all that the Lord has done and his grace, his mercy. You know, I'm reminded in in his Hebrews where he shares Hebrews four. We read and uh, says we can always approach his throne with boldness and find mercy and grace when we need it most. We have a high priest who understands our weaknesses. Yes, it's one of my life verses that applies to, to all of us, but to me, it just just one of that just resonates with me. And I want to thank uh, the people that are out there listening. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to to share about the lord's goodness and uh, i pray that god blesses you and your life well said all right thanks again for being part of the everyday saints project and we will uh, continue to share these stories as they come to us and we're just uh, grateful that we could sit down with alberto in this time of of rest and and transition for his family and i hope that you will follow him on social media and maybe even get involved in his ministry. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again for listening. Isn't this a great story? I could not have imagined Alberto was going to tell me that there was a moment where he looked at all that God had given him in his life, his education, his professional development, his family, um, just his, his diversity and background and all the things that he's overcome so that he could realize that they weren't some reward for him to, to live out today in this world at this time, but it was a form of preparation so that he could take that back to the people of Nicaragua and serve them in the name of God. That was a tremendous moment for me to hear that from him. And I know it had to be even more 
important and effective in his life to realize that. And so that only comes when we're listening to God. And, and so I, I just want to encourage you, as you listen to Everyday Saints and this project, please just just take the time to, to listen for God to tell you what's going on in your life and the way that he's working so that you can share your story with others. There's a great book I was reading uh, years ago. It gets a little academic at times, but uh, one of the points that it makes in there is that they say that, you know, this idea of sharing our story is probably not as important as prayer, but it needs to be as common as prayer. And I found it to be uh, an amazing distinction there that they make is, is this virtue of telling our story, the idea that we will tell others about the God who is in our life just as commonly as we would invoke the name of Jesus in prayer. I love that. I love that challenge and that, that mindset that we begin to talk about God in everyday language as commonly as we might often pray to him. So that's what this project is about. It's about encouraging you and getting others to get involved in developing and telling their story. Thank you again for listening. I invite you, please, encourage you, share, let others know. If you've been blessed by this, if you know Alberto, or maybe you'd like to get to know him or support his ministry, uh, get involved. You can find him online at some of the places he mentioned, but if not, contact me, and I'll send you direct links, and we will be glad to uh, connect you because he does have a, a, a vibrant ministry going on in Nicaragua. You can find me very easily. I'm on Facebook. I'm in Northeast Louisiana. I'm a minister, Sean Hornsby, um, Methodist minister. So easy to find, Monroe, Louisiana, West Monroe, that area. Should be easy to distinguish. You can find me on Twitter at Hornsby1776. Uh, I think I'm ST Hornsby on Instagram. So, you know, any of that places you like to follow me. I'll do most of this stuff through Facebook. I invite you, please uh, take a moment, look around. And see the God who's in your life and who has shared his story with you. The fact is that uh, you need to tell your story, not for those who will hear it, but for the God who created you and who loved you through it. God bless you and we'll see you next time.